Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ of St. Paul, located in Matamidi, Minnesota. We are a suburban congregation united in Christ and grounded in the values of diversity, solidarity, and witness. You can learn more about us by going to fccstpaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. Our text today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 23 to 29, and also from Acts 16, verses 9 through 15. We'll start with Acts and then um, end with John. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Troas and took straight course to Samantha Thrace, and the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city in the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river where we were supposed, where there was supposed to be a place for prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatria and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me faithful to the Lord, Come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. And now John. Jesus answered him, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine but as the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, with whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid." the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. My first encounter with the Holy Spirit was maybe when I was about seven years old. My family went to probably what could be best described as a charismatic church in town. And um, It is quite common, having grown up in African-American churches, to be far more expressive in worship. Let's just say that this was even more so. This was full strength. People in the worship service would start to scream and flail their arms to the point that if you were the unlucky soul sitting in front of that said person, you would probably get an errant arm 
and hand smacking you on the head. You would see people who would faint and end up on the floor, on the sanctuary. People would probably be running up and down the sanctuary aisles. And then there were those people that would speak what seems to be another language that was called speaking in tongues. All this while the church organist was playing kind of the soundtrack to all of this going on on the Hammond B3 organ. And there was a point where the, the music would slow down and you might think that things are coming to an end. And I don't know if you've ever watched those videos of James Brown in concert where it looks like he's walking away, it's the end of the concert, and someone out of somewhere decides to put a cape on him. And then at the last moment, he turns around, throws off the cape, and he goes back to singing. Well, that was the same thing here. Just as you think that things are kind of, things are coming in for a landing, the music picks up again, and everyone is clapping, and people are doing the same thing, running up and down the aisle, fainting, smacking people on the head, all of that. That was my introduction to the Holy Spirit, and it scared me. If this was the Holy Spirit, I don't know if I want this. The Holy Ghost, the Paraclete, the Advocate, the Spirit, these are all the names for the third person in the Trinity. Over the years, as I've gone through seminary and, and just lived in, through, uh, in the church, I've noticed something about how we deal with the Holy Spirit. It's basically the middle child or the redheaded stepchild of the Trinity. It's the one that we don't know what to do with. The church has not always had a great job of explaining what the Holy Spirit or who the Holy Spirit is all about. And so we don't talk about the Holy Spirit that much. And that's sad because the Holy Spirit has much to say about how the church acts in the world, especially now, at a time when people don't normally look to the church for support or belonging. The thing is, if you want to understand the Holy Spirit, it makes sense to read scripture. If you go through the Bible, you will find stories about God and Jesus. The Holy Spirit we don't hear as much until we get to the book of Acts. Now, traditionally, Acts has been called the Acts of the Apostles. But I, have, I remember reading somewhere that actually it probably should say the acts of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is found throughout the book of Acts. It is where the apostles of Jesus, the disciples of Jesus are sent hither and yon throughout the known world to preach the good news of Jesus empowered by the Holy Spirit. It all begins with the day of Pentecost when the Spirit comes down as a dove and tongues of fire and empowers the disciples to start what became the church. And it was the Spirit that moved Peter to preach to the Roman Cornelius. And it is in today's text that we find the Spirit 
working. We didn't read this part, but before today's passage, the Apostle Paul had plans to go to another region. And the passage says the spirit of Jesus wouldn't allow them. We don't know why, but we are just told they didn't go. But it was in a dream that night that the spirit calls Paul and his associates to go to the Macedonian region. And they follow the spirit. They meet a woman there by the name of Lydia. And she had already feared God, but now she and her household were baptized into the life of the church. And if we look at our gospel text this morning, Jesus is still in the midst of saying goodbye to his disciples before he is arrested and crucified. And he must have sensed that the disciples were worried, so he tells them that he is giving them peace. And just to make it more real, just to make them understand it better, he tells them that the Holy Spirit is coming, and the Spirit will teach them everything that they need to know. So he says, don't let your heart be troubled. And he's right, because what he's basically saying is that God has got this. I'm not here this morning to discount all of the experiences that took place at my church in the 1980s. But there is more to the Holy Spirit than just jumping and shouting. The Spirit is what gives life to a congregation if we are open to the Spirit's prodding. Over the last few weeks here, I've noticed how much, how frazzled the congregation has been. And for good reason. We've sold the building. We've sold this property. Um, we're getting ready to try to find a new place um, in a market where there is kind of drying up. We have to go through years of stuff. <laughs> stuff that we brought from St. Paul that came here, and now we have to go and decide what we're going to do with that. And we worry that we don't have enough people to do the work. We worry that we won't find a place to land. And like the disciples, we don't know what's going to happen next. But just as Jesus does with the disciples, he does with us. Jesus will not leave us alone. We also have an advocate who will work with us and prepare us to leave this property. And that same advocate is here to lead us into new mission, spreading the good news to a new neighborhood. But there is a catch. We have to be open to the spirit moving in our lives. While I'm not interested in the shouting and the flailing, I think that what those people who were caught up in the spirit 40 years ago did taught me something. Because of course they were open to the spirit acting and moving in their lives. Just as Peter and Paul were open to the spirit. And if we are to 
be able to continue in our mission and ministry, we have to be open to the Spirit moving in our lives as a community and in our own lives. Are we able to be open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives and in the life of this congregation? I want to be open to the Spirit's leading, but like you, I have to wonder, how do we hear the Holy Spirit? And the answer that I think is the, best, is the one that I have come up with is I think that this is where, holy, where the spiritual practices come in. And it doesn't matter what type of practice that is. It could be that you have, find the time to pray each day or to read scripture or to journal. When you do that, you are immersing yourself into the life of God. And that allows our hearts to be opened, our ears and minds to be ready to the, for the Spirit's prompting. And this is what we need right now. When I was younger, I was afraid of the Spirit. But now I see the Holy Spirit as the one who gathers us together to be church and sends us out to be the church to others in our world. And as people in the first century needed Christ and they needed the church to tell them about the story of Christ, that same thing is true today. One of the things that I've noticed and one of the things that has been on my mind in the week um, since the shooting in Buffalo, New York, is that I've always noticed that the perpetrators almost always tend to be loners. And the shooter himself joined an online chat that was filled with other racists and white supremacists. And the interesting thing of how he did that was, why he did it was he, because he was bored. What would have happened had there been someone, had there been a church, a community that could have stepped in? I don't know. I don't want to make it sound like that could have magically solved anything, but I do wonder. Churches aren't going to magically solve all the problems, and especially a problem as tricky as racial violence. But then again, this is not the first time that God has used imperfect people like you and me to do great things in God's world. Dear church, we are a small band, and the challenge that we are facing these days is great. And the question is, how can we, as small as we are, bring God's love to the world? And the answer is, it is only through the power of the Spirit, the Advocate. And as we see through the book of Acts, that is the only way that you and I and the church, no matter the size, can do God's work in God's world. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.
We hope today's sermon podcast was nourishment to your soul. If you'd like to know more about First Christian Church of St. Paul, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. That's F-C-C-S-A-I-N-T-P-A-U-L dot org. May God be with you in the coming week.